Are you happy? Magic Seeds takes a good look at everyday challenges and gives solid advice on how to navigate through them, be it relationships, career, parenting, or just not feeling happy inside. I'm Dr. Adam Grise. And I'm Laura Grise. Please join us weekly to discuss everyday situations that seem to be getting in the way of feeling happy and peaceful. We'll provide magic seeds and a reliable roadmap for you to follow to stay on a healthy path for your life. Welcome back to Magic Seeds. Hello, everybody. Hello, Laura Grise. Good morning. Good morning. How are you today, Laura? I'm great. Are you? You're freaking out. I love calling you out when you're freaking out. It's fun for I'm me. I'm not freaking out. Wow, we're not doing enough podcasts. Oh, well, we're not. We're not getting the job done. I don't know what done. else to say. We're getting it done. You got to relax a little bit. Okay. I like to play this role because it's not all the time. <laughs> I was going to say, it doesn't happen often. <laughs> all right. Well, what do we got? Well, we're talking about the law of abundance and abundance versus scarcity, right? Yes. And I just wanted to shed the light on abundance and what? <laughs> Please enlighten us. No. All right. I want both of us to shed the light on abundance. And Sorry, I'm just going to, in a mood that I'm going to be I know, just it's busting your chops. A, kind of annoying. Oh <laughs> my. <laughs> I haven't been in a good mood in like a year and a half. It's a good mood. Okay. Okay. Here we go. So what I teach people is misconception of abundance. Oh my God. What is it? That, what? I'm just smiling. <laughs> I'm just smiling. I'm sorry that it's so weird okay. for you to see me smile. Okay. Abundance is... I'm thinking of Lakshmi. That's why I'm laughing now. Well, back in the day, I just thought of abundance. When I was a kid, we would go to Chinese restaurants and you would read your little fortune cookie and say, you, know, you have lots of abundance. And I just thought that that meant prosperity, money. Really, I just thought that meant money when I was young. I thought it meant getting the most Doritos in my bag versus my brothers. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't think that at all. We I didn't think so anything much. with food or love or anything I, like that. But then when I started learning more about abundance, it's actually abundance of everything, of all resources. So not it, even abundance of, it's abundance is everything, right? Like it everything. It means everything. Every, abundance it means, is just. I mean, you could have abundance of bad luck. <laughs> right. Abundance is just the law of, well, I don't even know how to say this, but. The resources are infinite. Reality is abundance. Right. It's all abundance to me. And I'm just jumping ahead here, but abundance is just, if it's everywhere, it's really, what do you do with it? Instead of being like, it needs to look this way, right? It needs to look like $5. It needs well, to look yes. like more Doritos. It's like, no, everything's abundance. And the real trick is learning how to navigate through it, what you want to grab onto, what you want to transform. I think the real trick is, I agree with that, but I think there's a step before that. And it's a let go of the concept of scarcity. For sure. For sure. Oh, right? it's a total paradigm shift. And yes. if you can't just be like, and I've done this, right? We've done this. We've done a lot of work around the buttons. We've done meditations, yes. like 30 day meditation yes. stuff. The old mindset. I definitely came from scarcity for mm -hmm. sure. Like just Me too. competing with my brothers to who's getting the most, right? Mm -hmm. It was annoying. And money. Growing sure. up, like, parents hanging remember, on to money. I remember my dad, he worked for like a nonprofit, right? And I remember my older brother, Jim, he was always like, oh man, if dad worked for a for-profit, we could have some money. <laughs> and um, he was just like, that's it. Like, I remember like, he like was like, when I get older, I want to make some money. A lot of people do that. And there's this thing of like this abundance is the ability to kind of create it out of nothing. Like I'm at a lack. 
I don't have enough and I want to get more. And there's a very fine line between that relationship in terms of you're doing it from just you're manifesting what you want in life versus filling a void. Right. So where is it coming from? So I think that's the first thing of recognizing for yourself is to open yourself up to a that there are an infinite amount of resources, right? There is no scarcity of money, of love. I think that's a big one because I wanted to talk about relationships and jealousy Mm -hmm. and not coming from a place of abundance in a relationship. I think that's a really, really big one or in the workplace. The work that I'm working with people all day long type Mm -hmm. of thing. and in one form or another, it always boils back to this dynamic of, I talk about with people like your inner kingdom, like what's inside the walls of your kingdom, yourself. And if that's where you have to feel abundance, if you're not connected to yourself, if you don't love yourself, if you don't accept yourself, you don't value yourself, right? You don't support yourself. The inside is going to feel lacking. And then because of that, you're fixated on finding abundance on the outside to fill that in. Grabbing grabbing on tightly, holding on tightly. But it's really due to this feeling of, like you're saying, scarcity. Right. And the whole trick, and it's kind of what I always end up doing in one form or another, is just turning the gaze from this outward projection of how can this fill me versus, no, I need to fill myself on the inside. Then it becomes more of you're now, I'll say manifesting, but like the law of attraction, whatever you want to call it. But when you feel full on the inside, you start creating more fullness on the outside instead of trying to grab it. You're just part of the creative process. It's beautiful when it happens, but it is a completely different way of relating yes. to reality. It's, it's a big shift. So I wanted to give a couple of examples and maybe then the listeners can relate to, maybe they can relate to where the scarcity might be. If, if they say they're listening here and they're like, oh, I don't come from a place of scarcity, but I just wanted to give a couple of examples. All right. Yeah. So as a mother, right? And yes, I am tagging myself right now and hanging on to an attachment. But as a mother, it was a really, really big moment. It was a mother and a wife. It was a really big moment of when I was trying to be everything for everyone, right? And trying to be the best mom, trying to be the best wife, trying to be the best daughter, whatever, right? And when I realized it was almost like a total breakdown, I cannot be everything for everyone. I mean, it's just physically, mentally, spiritually, whatever, not possible to be that everything for everyone. Mm. And I let it go. And it was like I saw, and I've talked about this in a couple of the podcasts, but I don't need to be every spoke in the wheel. I'm all right with being one spoke in the wheel and then letting other spokes in the wheel come into these people's lives to create a better life for them, right? So take, for example, the kids and trying to be the one and only mom and doing everything for them. And plus, that's not even healthy for them to grow up and see that. But if I took a back seat and allowed a parent to help me out and a parent to take the kids to school or whatever it is, Mm -hmm. or to pick up the kids and not have to be everywhere, then the kids, then they don't have a frazzled mom who is rushing to get to the places they have a calm mom Mm -hmm. or dad picking them up, right? So it's bringing abundance into their life. Or in a relationship, and this is a really wanted to happen to this one in the workplace, but in a relationship, and I see jealousy everywhere. I just feel it. I feel it energetically when someone is even around someone. I don't know. I just feel it. And it was a big moment, say, for example, for you, when if, say, you thought that someone was the bee's knees, right? Somebody else, another woman was the bee's knees, right? 
And back in the day, that was hard for me not to be the bee's knees, right? In that moment, in that scenario, whatever. I wanted to be your everything. But it was a really, really awesome shift. I mean, it took me down at first, but it was a really, really awesome shift when I let go, right? Of the scarcity of trying to be everything for you and realize, like I saw this light coming into you and it was, all right, if Adam can get love from this angle, and 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 from me, holy crap, like he is filled with love and happiness and laughter. And that's a really big thing because if people are jealous in a relationship, that's only driving the partner away. Of course. Right? So if you're saying, oh, you can't look at her, you can't do this with him or whatever, why would that person want to be with you if you're hanging on that tightly? Well, it just strangles the relationship. It strangles the relationship. So if you let go, if you take a step back and take a breath and you realize that that could come from different angles and you don't have to be but, the everything. But like you're saying, in, in order to do that, and this is what at first it's like for me when you kind of like had this shift, right? There was a lot more involved in it, but just that one little component, when you basically made that shift, I was like, huh is this just a detachment, right? Like if you're detached, you could do it, right? If I don't care about something, I'm like, oh, please. Well, that's do coming it. from the other side, but I'm talking about the law of abundance of opening up. But so hold on. So, can. right. So that's the other thing. I'm like, I didn't know if I could trust it at first, right? Like, where is this coming uh -huh. from? And so much later, a year and a half later, plus like I completely trust. I've kicked the tires and you hold up. I think it's really not common. It's very uncommon. And well, so basically- I guess I just want to say it's not something you could just shift so no. easily. There's a major, usually that insecurity that's inside. You can't just be like, oh, now all of a sudden I'm going to allow all this because then it brings all your insecurities to the forefront. I'll tell you what it is. What the shift for me, it was a trust in me that I'm enough and that I'm great. And that no matter what, you're going to come back to this because this is, <laughs> well, this is great. It is. But it's a confidence thing. And honestly, if you're jealous, it's coming from a place of not being good enough or mm -hmm. not from a place but of then, lack. But then there's this nuance where I get this all the time where people have this negative self-talk, right? This relationship right. to themselves that I'm not enough. And then they make a switch. Like, you know what? I just started telling myself I'm awesome. I'm amazing. Like I am a catch. And it's like, hmm. <laughs> well, then that's the ego. Right. right. You have to watch it's, out. But I mean, even you saying, I'm awesome. He's going to come back or he'll come back. Like even that, it's more that like I'm, I'm solid. I am whole on yeah. my own. So whether that person is there or not yes. momentarily for long periods of time, it doesn't matter. Like I am enough for me. Absolutely. That's a it's, big it's switch. A, it's a calmness. And yes. I use this one as an example. And then I want to give one more example of the other side, the lack, a place of lack. But the girls and I were walking the dogs one day. And they were talking about something of what if the dogs run away, right? Or what if they open up the gate and they run away? And I said to them, it was coming from a place of calm that I know they're going to come back home because they have a good home, right? It's not the ego. I'm not talking about the ego. It's a very, very calm place. It's okay. But see, you don't know. Like you're saying that that's to me it's a convincing. A trust. It's that's a trust. A, it's a convincing statement that you're making to yourself. It's you're con convincing. It's you're trust. No, I mean, that's fine. Even if you trust, but wouldn't it even be more widespread, more encompassing if it's, hey, if they don't come back, then assuming nothing bad happens to them, right? Like in well, that that's instance, another that's, let go. That's another uh -huh. let go. But like that, hey, if they find a better place, then okay. Like then I guess they're happier there and I just want them to be happy. 
That to me would be even more encompassing. So it's saying, listen, I think I've done everything I can to make a beautiful home for them. So I feel good about like them knowing they are loved and they're supported here. But if they need to go on their journey or whatever they need to do, then I support that too. That's to me. And in human being language, that's a celebration for that human being. Yes. So if in the relationship, going back to the relationship side, if I say I trust, hey, I'm good enough. And if he doesn't come back, then I celebrate him because he's gone somewhere else to be happy. If that's what he needs, that's what fills him, then that was another lucko. Absolutely. I think it's different when, again, like when I said, like, if you're just detached, right? Like someone who's not invested in something, they could just, it's very easy to be, oh, yeah, whatever happens. It could be that, but I legitimately celebrate you and I celebrate the girls and I celebrate my parents. For what it's worth, I think it means more when, if like you personally are pining for connection and still can say that. That's, I think, would be exceptional. I think pining is a weird word. I think that's very needy, just personally. I mean, we all have wants. Like, you wake up in the morning, like, what do I want to do today? It's not needy. Pining is very needy. Okay, let's change the word. I like pining. If you're yearning for? That's needy. What? Why is that needy? If your desire is to have more connection, If yeah. you desire it's more like, connection. Well, there's a calmness to that, but pining okay. and yearning is- Well, it's a strong desire. So fine. Let's just say desire. Let's desire. just say if you have a desire to connect sure. in that moment and you can still say that, that to me, again, is more powerful than if you're just completely neutral. And then it's so much easier to allow something to let go. And you know, that's that difference is a general desire is not a neediness. But if the desire is stemming from to fill a void, that's different. That kind of like, no, I can't let them do that because I'm leaning on them to fill this void. But if you just have a general, genuine desire to connect and can still set someone free, to me, that is a lot more powerful and meaningful than. Sure. Yeah. And then there's one more example. And then we'll talk about the mind going back and forth and one step forward, two steps back. But Another example that I had thought of is just being in the workplace and say you're the best of the best and your boss comes to you and says, hey, I need you to train all these little people, right, to be the best of the best, just like you. And you say, no way, I'm not going to give up my secrets. Why would I Mm -hmm. ever do that? I'm the best. But if you were to let that go, right, because you're scared that they're going to get better. Let's call it scarcity, right, scarcity. But if you do train them the way that all of your best tips, you give them all of your best tools, right, to be successful, you can celebrate them if you let go of the, what if they become better than me? And if if you trust that abundance is infinite and no one can take away from, if you want to go in a direction, if you want to create, not to see that as competition, just like, but that's just a totally different mindset. And it's a let go. It's just a mega, Mm -hmm. mega let go. And it is just a major shift in that mindset because just the social norms, just even us growing up, and we talked about in the beginning of this episode of the social norms of hanging on. No, you can't get this. It costs too much. You being part of three children and mom's not giving me as much attention as the oldest sibling or Mm -hmm. mom and dad love this sibling more than me. It's we're always being trained that there is a scarcity of resources. It's hard when you're a dependent, right? When children Uh literally, they can't live without where the primary attachment, it's a little bit different. Again, like there is a dependency. There is a codependency as a child. So it's hard to tell a child that happens as an adult. Yeah. Right. Like you try to teach the children this, but you understand like everyone's vying for a teeth. 
But I'm saying, <laughs> right, exactly. But that's what we're taught from a very early age and continuously mm-hmm. just in society in general, we're taught that there is limited amount of resources the in dog general. dog world. dog eat dog world. You right. got to like climb on whoever you have to, to get up to the top. Limited amount of jobs. Whenever I hear people say that, I think, oh my God, there's the so many jobs right, available mindset. and it, it might look different, but there's so many jobs available. So right, the wrong mindset. So I look at it like meditation. Right. In meditation, we're always trying to bring our focus back to one thing, right? It might be the mantra, it might be the breath, but our minds always drift off, right? Mm -hmm. Into thoughts. This is what I have to do. Oh my God, I didn't do this, all that. And then, wow, my mind has gone completely off course. Bring it back to that mantra, right? Keep on bringing it back. And this is the same way. So if you're wanting to shift this mindset, it's going to happen. You're going to get off a track. But bringing yourself back, taking a moment, taking a break and bringing yourself back to the realization that there is abundance everywhere and abundance means everything, plentiful of everything, the Mm -hmm. good and bad. And then setting your intention of what it is you want to bring into your life, that positive thing, right? And that intention is that mantra, right? In meditation, you're bringing yourself back to that intention constantly. This is a good jump in point for bringing the seasons into it. So abundance would be considered the earth element, like that harvest, right? Okay. And again, a harvest, like you're saying, you could have good apples and bad apples on the same tree. And if you had, say, 50%, say you had 50 good apples and 50 bad apples, someone who is of the mindset that I only want good apples, like that's abundance, Uh right? They have 50 apples to work with and they'll deal with that. And then, but then now they're left to see the other 50% as a failure, as a waste. Right. And when you learn how to navigate through the cycle and be efficient with it and maximize the potential of every phase of every season, you realize that in the late summer, in the harvest, that if you just know what to do with those 50 rotten apples, right. that you know, well, I don't want to hide them. Or I don't the goodness be, of them, right? If you know their value is right. not necessarily in the present moment to digest, right? If you eat them, no, you're going to get sick and right. they're not good. And yes, you might be looking at them like, oh man, like this doesn't feel good. But if you know enough that, well, I don't want to just discard them and like throw them away or hide them away because I don't want anyone to see that I made bad apples or... If you are secure enough or if you're too insecure that they represent like your worth, so you have to like tuck them down because you Mm -hmm. don't want to see that or feel that. If you can just say, oh, I know what to do with these. I'm going to still take it off the branch and I'm actually going to throw it in the mulch heap and I'm going to let them decay and turn into nutrient dense soil, into manure. And then I'm going to use it for my next round of growth. And that comes to what you were saying where it gets to the point where once you've eaten all the good apples and you've taken the seeds from them and you've consciously planted the seeds of the relationship you were in with yourself to create those apples and the pollination process, and you've done that, and you've taken all the rotten apples and you've thrown them into the mulch heap, now you're sitting there in the quietude. Your tree is empty and you're sitting there. That's like meditation. Now you're being empty. It's the winter. And that second half of winter is when you're like, okay, That last cycle is done. I've come back to stillness. I've come back to myself. Now, before I create this next DNA of the next spring, what did I learn? Well, I had these good apples and I have these good seeds and I want to plant them and here's how I want to do it. Here's what I want to maybe do to improve it. And what did I learn from all those rotten apples? Well, I can make this change and that change and I reconfigure how I'm going to go out in this next iteration of my life 
And like you're saying, you create that mantra of the vision of what you're going to do. Now you have these seeds, you have nutrient dense soil, Yes. you put it together and you just go have fun and play, go put right. it into action. It will produce another harvest. And once you know how to do that, that's the abundance where no matter what is on that tree, you realize it's going to be a hundred percent abundance, even if it's 75% rotten apples. So taking the age old saying, if one door closes, a window opens, right? Or another window opens or something like that. <laughs> I don't know what it is. But in the wellness world, in the spiritual world, there's a really cool saying that says within every challenge, there is a seed of hope and success. And it's the same thing. All that is the same thing is that you've got these good apples, you have these rotten apples and understanding that those rotten apples might look like the door closes or those rotten apples mm -hmm. are the challenge in life. But there is a seed of hope. Well, that's the thing is that the mind can never see past the cycle you're in. So it's if you just knew you had one day to live and you get rotten apples, you're like, well, that sucked. <laughs> right. right. And yes, if you only have one cycle. Yeah, that's that kind right. of sucks. It's when you start adopting the paradigm that life is not about one cycle. It's about growth and evolution. And right. there is no it, end. It's there's no end. It's infinite. Yes. And once you realize you're part of an infinite cycle, yes, that's a big one. Then you no longer put the emphasis, the focus on the harvest. You really on the start, outcome. The outcome is not. It's just a stepping stone. It's a pivot point to come back to that stillness inside, to come back to that true self, to come back to that next chance to move out in life. Like you say, that's hope. The emotion of one or just the feeling of spring uh -huh. is like hope, right? There's a yes. new beginning. And if you trust that you are part of an infinite cycle, then you don't put so much pressure and judgment on the harvest. And you just say, I just need to know what to do with this. Right. And then you feel the abundance because it's not a lack of if you have a poor showing. It's just how do I transform this? What do I turn this into? What do I learn from this? How do I move this forward? And if you think of human evolution, every evolution, I think I spoke about it before, like the fruit fly, mm -hmm. how they, their cycles, their generations are so fast. It's so easy to test how DNA morphs and changes in response to the environment, right? Mm -hmm. Mutations that happen. That's all we're looking for in a lifetime is give me the chance to make an adjustment. Mm -hmm. Give me the chance to mutate, to make an to grow. adaptation so I can grow and I'm going to do it no matter what is in front of me. I just need to get better at learning how to work with that abundance. Right. So it's staying open. It's also letting go. It's the practice of letting go. And well, first, it's the practice of letting go. You can let go when you're not putting everything on what just happened. Exactly. Right? Yeah. And then it's a practice of opening up, right? And being receptive. Mm -hmm. And then a practice of taking time to create a new vision, a 2.0. Right. built off of what you just learned and what you want to do next. I mean, yeah. And then yeah. it's a practice of doing it without shame or without, right. what's what I'm looking for? Like just going for you it. You want to just enjoy the fullness right. of the Just like, the oh, I like this plan. I want yeah. to see what this produces. And I don't right. care if it's a failure or a success. I just want to produce an outcome right. because I know I'm going to turn it into the next round of growth. So you then all of a sudden set up this healthy dynamic of how to live your life and stay on track, stay on the road where you realize, oh, this is my moment to let go. 
This is my moment to separate the pure from the impure, take the good, put the bad into the mulch. This is my Uh moment to be still. This is my moment to create a vision. This is my moment to just go have fun and play with it. Like once you get that down, I mean, that's what we do for people, right? I mean, it's just teaching them and helping them stay on that. Because the mind always wants to revert back to fixation points and it gets us out of that flow. You're bringing it back, bringing it back, back. bringing it back to focus. Yeah, but that essence of abundance, that concept is so huge Mm -hmm. for that pivot point because most people, I mean, we get stopped all along that cycle, but that pivot point where an outcome is created and even an outcome could be a no outcome, right? Like right. no apples, what is that? But the round of growth is over. It just didn't produce anything. From there to the let go, people resist that. I mean, it's just the mind resists it. Right. And we can go into a whole thing of why, but either way, your mind will not sign off on letting go because again, it doesn't see past one cycle. That seems to me, and I've said this before, it seems to me that that is the hardest part for people to embrace the let go, mm-hmm. right? And uh, they always say in sports or whatever it is, always practice the thing you're not great at, right? Or if you're right-hand dominant, practice the left because then you'll be- Let me ask you this. Yes. By the way, to that, because I'm very proud of this about myself. Yes. That like literally every day drinking, I'm holding a cup with my left hand or my right hand. Or oh, I'm putting, nice. If I'm putting my contacts in, like uh-huh. I, instead of just always putting in the left eye first, I do my right eye. Or right. putting on pants, do my right leg. Like just always- Shifting around. Always shifting around. If you're working on the weakness, then you become the strongest, right? Yeah. But the let go is always the hardest part for human beings is to let that go. And in yoga, there are a couple (laughs) of poses where people resist. Totally. just don't like it. And I always say to them, these are the two poses that people really, really dislike. Make it your favorite. Practice it and practice it because those are the two that it requires the most let go, right? Mm -hmm. And they're hard because you have to let go and you have to just breathe through it. And it's a constant melting let go process the entire time you're in those poses. Got it in. To that point, (laughs) you done talking already? (laughs) (laughs) To the point, I think there was two points that I think of when you say that. One is if you're going to go into your discomfort to set it up as a gradation, like don't just think you're going to jump in to the final product because it's too big of a leap. So like with yoga, it's like, oh, well, don't try to do this pose. You're not ready for it. There's certain muscle groups that aren't even allowing you and you would have to compromise the integrity of the pose to get down there. How do you modify it? How do you go from a starting point that's like, oh, this is just one step in the direction of discomfort. I could deal with this. And not being fixated on the outcome, which is the ultimate Right. Not being like, but this doesn't look what the pose looks like. And it's like, it's okay. This this is just a modification I want to get here. So let me ask you this. Go ahead. When people say to you, and I won't name names, Laura. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) When we're talking about release, like how a lot of people resist release and release can look a gazillion different ways. But invariably, there are people that... Release is just what you're letting go of. It's just an unwinding Uh and just how can you connect to the unwinding process. So I talk about a lot just doing it through voice. You can do it through voice, you can do it through movement, you can do it through writing, you can do it through art, you could really just anything that is an outward expression, you're not making it a mental process. So when someone like yourself, and you're not alone, a lot of people say this, and I was like this at first, where like screaming... No, it doesn't resonate with me. Oh, that's so I can say, huh, that's not comfortable for you. No, it's not that it's not comfortable. It doesn't do anything for me. Maybe. But, so how does someone but know? But running doesn't do it for you. Oh, running's great. Adam Grice. For years, I had. <laughs> Just a, stop it. What do you mean? The last time you ran was like 2010 when you and I decided to run the trail. 
Excuse I, me, 2006, when you and I ran the trails yeah, in San Diego. Every 18 years. I'm a runner. I just have a different... <laughs> just stop it. My cycle... Stop it. It can look different. It can look in different It can ways. look different. It can totally look different. Yeah, but my point isn't that you have to do it every single way. My point is, how do you know then? Like if you're resisting something because it's uncomfortable or it's just truly not okay, a pathway. Okay, I'll pose something differently to you. How about when you <laughs> find the right match, something that does resonate with you and you feel like, wow, that was easy to let go. That method was really, really easy. But you just said if something's uncomfortable, it's not going to be easy. If there are poses, why, oh, why would I do this pose? It's not easy for me. This just isn't good for me. I'm going to do these poses that are easy for me. I don't know how to, no, you're not stumping me. Oh. I don't know how to, it's, you've always <laughs> like picked on this screaming thing to let go. Well, it's just and one. I mean, it's not a screaming thing because it's just I have to be honest with you. any, it could be a moan or groan. I don't like loud noises. It could be a moan or a groan. No, I don't even like, you noises. don't like using your when voice. You do it, when you do it, it drives me nuts. I don't do it in front of you. <sighs> yes, you do. When you get sick, it drives me nuts. <laughs> <laughs> Truth comes out. Well, if I'm in like, say, in discomfort, so maybe I'll definitely move my legs. When Adam has like a runny nose, he oh, sits stop on the it. couch and he moans. You I'm like, are, oh, get me out of this house. You are exaggerating now. No, no, sir. No, you sir. I am not. wildly and exaggerating. And I will tell you that I've had this conversation with my friends and they all say their husbands are just total weenies when they get sick. Uh -huh. And I think <laughs> you're just jumping on that bandwagon, but no, you you're, think you're I am. You're a weenie. You're a weenie wow. when you get sick. <laughs> I disagree. Like legitimately, I'm happy to make fun of myself. I'm happy to. Total weenie. No. Yes. You make How weird so? noises in moments. That has to be, that's when it's super intense. You don't know half the time I'm even it's dealing with annoying. anything. <laughs> well, it's noise pollution. Let's put it that way. It's noise pollution. I personally don't identify. I'm a quiet speaker. Like people have told me I can't hear you. I mean, even from the beginning of time, my grandmother, she's like, speak up. I can't hear you. I'm not naturally a loud person. It's and not I about don't being loud. To. It and has nothing to do with loudness. Loud people drive me crazy. It has nothing to do with volume at all. I don't like volume. It's not about volume. Screaming is not about volume. No, it's not. It's Obviously a ridiculous not. statement. No, it's not. It's an energy. It's where it's residing in your body. And it's just, that's it how you access it. It doesn't work for me, dear. Well, I think it you're just uncomfortable resonate. with it. No, I have many outlets and I'm very happy mm. with them. Well, you have the outlets you're comfortable with and you don't go into the areas you're uncomfortable well, with, just like everyone I else. I do a fine, fine job with letting go because it's actually my favorite process. I don't know. You're a bit of a weenie. Mm, you know I'm not. <laughs> no, when we talk about earth element and we talk about like what that healthy earth looks like and unhealthy earth, when it's imbalanced, it looks one of two ways where there are some people that feel so deficient inside, right? Like uh -huh. scarcity, that they are like pining for you. <laughs> They're I love it. Pining for sympathy, right? Yes, They're yes. like, please, I just need to talk about me. And first of all, can we just say, if I'm doing that noise, am no. I looking for anything no, for anyone? No, you're actually not. Right. I'm and just doing, even if you were, I wouldn't give it to you, but. <laughs> you wouldn't give it to me. I know that. <laughs> I've learned this after years. That's fine. But, I'll go the opposite direction. But when someone's doing it to elicit sympathy, right? They just, please, I want to complain and I want you to just tell me, blah, blah, blah. That do is, your work. We say do your work. <laughs> that is one side of the earth imbalance, yes. right? Of the harvest imbalance. The other side, yes. Laura yes. Karch. I use your maiden name when it's- You don't want me using your name. No, no. Grises don't have Bullshit. Grises have every other imbalance. The other side of the imbalance is- People that are like, screw this. I've been maybe hurt in the past or I've been let down in the past. I don't need anybody. I'll do this oh, on my I'm own. I'm not an angry, I don't need help. You, but it's, I just it's don't just want you to become help. an island. Right. 
I don't want help. Right. That's an imbalanced earth. I like doing things on my own. That's an imbalanced earth. Oh, or it's I'm comfortable with myself. No, if you were comfortable, it would be like, oh, thanks so much. No, no, it's <laughs> com- like I am confident in my competency. That. That's great. But again, you can't be everything at all times. I'm Some, not everything Sometimes we need help. I do get help with resistance. <laughs> <laughs> it's very hard to accept a compliment, to accept help. You're like, right. I don't. Yeah. I don't very so well. that's the other side of an imbalanced earth. And I'm working on it. Well, good for I'm you. I'm working on receiving. Mm-hmm. I know how to give. You know how to give, like that's your comfort zone. Yes, but I don't know how to receive. You're right. And this is not an analyzation period for me. But once you call me a weenie, I had to take the gloves off. I can't let weenie go out there. How do you do this every time? You always switch it. Focus on me. We wanted to do a podcast on you last week and we couldn't even do it. We had to cancel the recording. (laughs) Which is why you're all up in arms now. We're not not on. Always on the spotlight. I'm okay putting it on me. No, you're not. I am. No, you're not. I'm not. Well, I'm used to dealing with other people's stuff. I know. I know. I've said that for years. But it's not that I don't look at my stuff. (sighs) Here we go. Here we go. (laughs) All right. I think off track. Off track. Where is the abundance in this conversation? We'll figure it out. It might be stuff we have to throw out. These might be rotten apples. But listen, stick with us. We'll turn this into something valuable. (laughs) You know, in Airplane, the movie. Yeah. When he's just talking and talking, talking, and then like the next scene, she's <laughs> hanging like, herself. <laughs> That's our listeners. Like, right, like uh, really? They're still, I haven't even been listening for the last like 10 minutes. Fast I'm already forwarding going, for 10 minutes. <laughs> what? What are they talking we, about? We never said that we're good at this. We just wanted to get microphones. Right. You don't have to listen to us. <laughs> In fact, turn it off. Magic seed, because there's within every season, within like that abundance, within the harvest, there's so many magic seeds. Hopefully people just got them from what we're saying. (laughs) But what is it for you? Like, what's like, what's the big magic seed? There, Well, I feel like there are a couple for me and maybe I'll just go back to that major, major shift. For me, it was, I cannot be the sole person for everybody. And yet I want the people I love to receive as much abundance in their lives as possible. And I cannot provide that for them. So it was a mega let go and then a total celebration. And if you want to put that in magic seed language. No, I mean, that's the goal is to celebrate. Because if you celebrate, that's your mojo. That's your energy. I really love to celebrate people. For and sure. animals and I, mean, I love that's to a big value piece that we try to impart to the girls yes. right it's like no we celebrate yes. when they're like oh Ananda, this cali that's like no Scarcity. no no we celebrate each other right but i think that's a big leap i think that's a big leap because i know that's why i said let's go back let's just scale that back in order to get there in order to get to the place where you could be secure enough to celebrate everything because it doesn't represent I, threat i guess when i first learned that abundance meant it means everything. everything that when you welcome, you know, the law of abundance, when you welcome abundance, it means everything. It means the good, the bad, the not so Ooh. great. It means the empties. It means the neutrals. Okay. So let it means me, everything. Then let me then jump on that. The magic seed for abundance is really then to get to that place. You have to allow for everything that's inside you to see it as something of abundance. Again, if there is disconnect oh, inside nice, myself, because if there's we'll start ins- with ourselves. I love it. If there's insecurity, if there's anything of I feel low self-worth or I'm just I don't even know what, just all uh-huh. the things, right? Yes. That ooh, those are rotten apples in me. And just because they're in me, that's not who I am. I need to know how to transform them into yes. my next round of growth. Let me allow now 
those branches to reveal those insecurities. Let me reveal it. And instead of then projecting it outward to say to blame someone or to suck someone in, let me just shake out my tree and just sit there and let those insecurities reveal themselves through screaming. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Or running. Or running. No, seriously, like any Uh which way, like however it's going to come out. But to sit there and just to let it come out, to just come off your tree. And then yes, your mind is going to be watching this and like, ew, rotten apple, rotten apple. And it's not going to want to own it. But once you adopt the mindset that, oh no, it's okay to have a rotten apple. That's not who I am. And nobody's perfect. Everybody's going to have rotten apples. And it's not part of, it's an outcropping from the tree. Once it's off the tree, it's not part of the tree. Once you let go of your insecurities, once you let go of your pain, you realize, oh, that wasn't me. That's just something that was popped in there. Now that I know how to use that, then you come back to that stillness inside. Then you say, you know what? When I do my next iteration now, I want to start practicing celebrating. And then you practice it. It feels a little contrived, right? It doesn't feel natural, but you then keep doing that until it becomes a normal part of who you are. Love it. Magic seed. All right, cool. Beautiful. Good enough. (laughs) All right. Are you good? I'm great. I'm good. Okay. Till next week. I celebrate you. I celebrate you, Karch. All right. Nothing but love. If you are enjoying Magic Seed's podcast, spread the love by doing a few things so others can enjoy it as well. Wherever you are listening, Spotify, iTunes, Google, just click on the plus sign. That way you can follow us and not miss an episode. If you would be so gracious to give us an outstanding rating, we'd be forever grateful. And please share an episode or two with a loved one if you think it'll help. This way we can help more people. If you'd like to reach out to us, you can PM Magic Seeds 2023 Instagram, or you can friend us on Magic Seeds Facebook group and PM us there. Thank you so, so much. Nothing but love.